for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 368 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. There he is. Buddy. There I am. What a fucking episode of Andor we have to talk about this week. Dude. My mom got the action Man, she I was knew looking it was for. Building, but I didn't realize it was going to pop off like that. Um. Man, uh, next time we talk talk to my mom, she's going to have even more. I don't know why my phone is going off. Um, she's going to have even more Star Wars updates for us because she watched all of Kenobi. She's caught up on Andor. Oh my goodness. She watched Solo. And today she started the sequel trilogy. Um, and then after that, she was like, I need some other suggestions of stuff to watch. So I told her to watch Stranger Things. Um, because yeah. I think she would like that. Um, <clears throat> your mom would like the Last Kingdom, the story of Uhtred, son of Uhtred, Viking drama. Sure, okay. I ain't even seen lots that of one. action. You hear that, mom? The Last Kingdom. Um, the Last Kingdom on Netflix. You would dig that. <clears throat> so we'll have some updates. But man, oh man, this episode of Andor, um, just incredible. But we'll talk about all that. We'll talk about all that. So listen, guys, uh, this is where I normally tell you, hey, go to blueharvest.rocks, big ups to our buddy Sean for the website, because uh, that's where you can get links to our Twitter, our Instagram, and our Twitch. And speaking of Twitch, we had a little bit of a stream last Friday with me, Steve, and Will. Nick was there, but for some reason his mic wasn't. Uh, broadcasting in the stream so there was a couple of points when I went back to just like sort of scrub through it and look I was actually looking for a, a specific clip that I couldn't find at certain points it just sounds like I'm talking to myself like a crazy person because you can't hear Nick's side of the conversation but long story short we're hanging out in stream chats popping off pretty well and I start going into my myweirdfoot.com bit right Oh yeah, it's yeah. juicy. Yeah, right. And so, like, I'm just I'm I'm hitting it right. Like, here's my mm -hmm. here's my tight five minutes about myweirdfoot.com, and 
Um, then the the evening um, progresses further, and suddenly uh, our buddy Tracy starts posting the link to myweirdfoot.com. And I'm like, uh-oh, what is this? And I click uh-oh. on it, and a Tracy Moon bought the domain myweirdfoot.com and had it pointed had it pointed to blueharvest.rock so now you could get to our website from either either address like you know if your family if if like you're somebody who's family you know like your family keeps an eye on like the internet traffic or whatever maybe just use blueharvest.rocks because having to explain that bit to a a, just a innocent bystander tough tough or you know myweirdfoot.com now listen day guys we got to keep this 100 with each other one day if you go to myweirdfoot.com and the content is vastly different than what it is now you're just gonna have to let your old pal haul slide on that i'm trying to retire early i gotta find something to enjoy <laughs> money on the table um so there's that uh and you also have a link to our patreon where i've been posting my somewhat immediate reactions to and or the last two have come a little late once once uh because of the plumbing issue last week and this week it's because i got a new tattoo and it took up a large portion of my day and it looks good dude i am so stoked with it like uh i can't even describe it like the, uh, what i had in my head for it and what came out like it's it's one of those things where like you have the idea in your head and then it's always a little different like when you're going in for a tattoo you have an idea and you know in most cases unless you're going and just like picking a piece of flash artwork off the wall or whatever um and it's always a little different and this is one of the few times i've gotten one i was like holy shit this exceeds all my expectations of this. Um, right. I was going to go to the guy I normally go to, the guy that did my stormtrooper, my bearded stormtrooper tattoo, but he's in such high demand that he is booked into next year. And like, I wanted to get this done. It's, oh it's sort of to commemorate making it through such a shitty year that has been 2022. Mm-hmm. And then listen to this. I'm sitting there getting, getting the tattoo. And I think, Oh yeah, this is like, it's a nice, it's a cool tattoo. It commemorates getting through such a brutal year. And my stupid, dumb brain goes, hey man, there's still a couple months left. Aren't we fucking calling it a little no. early here? It could get way worse. No. <laughs> no, no, no. We've made it. We've made it to the the home stretch. We'll see. There's light at the end of the tunnel. We sure hope so, buddy. But <clears throat> I am but, uh, very stoked with my new tattoo. You're not going to end the story there, are you? Uh, for now, yeah. For now, yeah. There, oh, there's a, there's a another piece. There's the, a way better ending to this I story. No, we're gonna talk. Uh, yeah. There's someone involved in that story that I want to like have involved in telling that story. One of our buddies. You know. Okay. What I mean. All right. You know what I mean. But yeah, it's, we'll save it for. We'll save it for a rainy day. We we will. We'll save it for a rainy day. It's a good story, and we got a lot of star wars like to talk about with andor you know what i mean you don't need me jabber jawing mm-hmm. about this weird incident that happened when i went to get my tattoo i'm just saying i, I really liked the tattoo story when it's it was a good told story. so it's a good uh story. 
But our sh- listeners will whenever they get to enjoy it. Shout out to Brittany at Classic Thirteen Tattoos in Birmingham. So like when I found out that the guy wanted to go to she is really good. Really good. Like um she is really good. When I found out the dude I was gonna go to was all booked up, I started doing my research, right? Um and was researching mm-hmm. some different artists and like I knew what I wanted. Like so it's it's like a piece by Alex Gray, my favorite artist. Mm-hmm. It's a dude that does a lot of the tool artwork. Um anyways right. um I knew that's what I wanted. And I wanted some other stuff sort of incorporated into it. So I'm like looking around, trying to find somebody that does what I think has a style that I think would mesh well. And I just happened across this lady's profile and I was like, hey, wait a second. This might be like a good match here. And uh, it ends up she she does uh, tattoos on Wednesdays by walk-in, um, which means you don't have to have an appointment. So I was like, well, that fucking works out. I'm off on Wednesdays. So I went up there and I had a very long tattoo session that, uh, shoo, shoo. it was a long one. I mean, you made it through probably longer than I could have, but you, my man, have an incredible pain tolerance. Well, I, you know what? I have learned that this year for sure. Um, and I don't know, man. Tattoos don't bother me. I've had a couple that that are worse than others, like the shin. The shin's really bad, or was really bad. Um, there's a little piece of my Spider-Man that comes over onto like the backside of my ribs. That one was kind of rough. Um, but the inside of the arm's not that bad. It's just after that long, like, whew, everything's sort of tender. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, I am very, very, very happy with it. I can't stop looking at it. I can't wait till it's all healed up. Um, so yeah, I'm real stoked. Let's talk about Andor. Blue Harvest uh, Patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast if you want uh if you want to support the show, by the way. Um so yeah, I don't know what else I was gonna say. Um all right, buddy. Uh how's your week been? I'll be honest, man. It's I don't know why, but it's been stressful. It's been a stressful week. Yeah. I, uh, you've been telling me a little bit about it, and I'm here to tell you, buddy, I think I would have found it stressful as well. Lots going on. Just a lot going on, a lot of different stuff. The kid had a you know a four-day weekend, which isn't bad. I mean, I'm great that I get to spend the time with him, but it makes, it makes certain aspects of the week more difficult. And he's being combative i don't know everything's a fight it's like a fight over what he eats and a fight over what he wants to watch and a fight over when he wants to play the video games he just wants to he wants to run the i guess show he's a little bit stretching his independence and he wants to run the show and i i hate to tell him but he doesn't run the show <laughs> no sir not you know not my dude liam he's a good kid i don't I don't play that, you know, like I, I don't yield to the demands of a hostage, you know, a terrorist. <laughs> we don't negotiate we with don't terrorists. We don't negotiate with terrorists. We don't do that. And he's trying to hold me emotionally hostage with his whininess. And when he starts whining at me, I'm like, hey, I don't, I can't understand you. I don't speak whiny, baby. I don't speak that. Like, you know, talk to me regularly. Don't whine at me. I gotcha. So that just being, being you know being the it's not bad mood police but like 
just having to fight all the time. It's not even a fight. It's just negotiate, combative. Yeah, negotiating, aggressive yeah. negotiations, twenty four seven. Yeah, it's fucking exhausting, dude. It is exhausting emotionally well, Will, and mentally. What's a what is what does aggressive negotiations mean? Uh, <laughs> I mean, from Star Wars, that's a good negotiations with a lightsaber. Yeah, <laughs> um, I know you're not like going all Swords Band Deem on Liam, but you kind of set me up for it. Yeah, um, I did. I, I did. Man, well, buddy, <sighs> you know what? What we do, we do got to look forward to. That isn't well. That? You know what? I wouldn't say it's. Uh, I wouldn't say it's. I would say it's kind of stressful. This newest episode of Andor. I don't know about you, buddy, oh, but man, I was stressed out both Dude, times. I watched watching. it twice. Yeah, that I was about. To, that's exactly what I was gonna say. I was like, I have watched it twice, and I felt myself like tense both times I watched that mm-hmm. episode. And you know what? Like, I keep talking about how I couldn't keep everybody's name straight, and then I finally get them all. Like, I was going into this episode being like. Hey, what's up, Santa? How's it going, Val? You know what I mean? Like, totally. Hey, Nimic, yeah. you're my dude. Lieutenant Gorm. Yeah, yeah. Gorm. Oh, what's up, Gorm? Skeen. Yeah, I know all their names. Okay, well, three-fourths, four-fifths, they're dead. Good good, good job learning all those names, Halls. Yeah, good job learning those names. What are you going to do that with? Dude, Impress somebody? started dropping like flies. Bro. To the point where I had to hit the rewind button a couple times to watch everybody go down. Yeah, because I had a question. We both had a question after watching it the first time yesterday about certain characters that yeah. may have may, may not have survived. And then on the second watch, I was like, oh, he dead. That's that. That's yeah, what I happened. was like, he oh, dead. none of them survived. Like, <laughs> dead, dead, and dead. Yeah. But yeah, man. So as was kind of expected, we got to see the execution of the heist. And buddy incredibly well executed dude like i, I was love say this is well shot mm-hmm. like i don't you know i'm sure you know I'm, this is what they do for a living but like praise the cameraman praise the director the screenplay the cinematographer like, like top well to bottom done. wow like the, all the performances the dude. storyboarding like, you know <laughs> performances yeah you know do you remember Several years back, I think this is even like pre. It's definitely pre podcast. When I was obsessed with that Ben Affleck movie, The Town, mm-hmm. and I watched that movie like every other day for like two weeks straight. Like yeah. I, I watched and rewatched the movie The Town a shit ton. I just loved that movie. I still like that movie, but there was a chunk of time there where I was fucking obsessed with it. So I love a good heist. Part of the reason I like that movie so much is I think like the heist scenes in it are really well done. Uh-huh. But, Affleck's bomb in the town, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Affleck's, Affleck's bomb in the town, yeah, for real. Um, hey, Mom, you should watch The Town. I know you're listening. Yeah, I'm going to wake up to a text tomorrow before work that's like, great podcast, I'm going to watch The Town. I know my mom. <laughs> I know my mom. And, and, and hey, I want to say, I've been getting a lot of shout out and mom, you should know this as well. I've been getting a lot of shout outs and little like side messages from people being like, dude, you need to recognize how cool it is that your mom is so invested in star Wars and listens to the show. And I was like, yeah, I know my mom rules. I got a good mom. Like 
Trust I was about me. to say, dude. I don't take yeah, I don't take Barbara Burkhart for granted. You know what I mean? Yeah, Definitely I'm not sure not. my mom or dad have listened to an episode. And if they have, they were probably disappointed in me. Mm. So, like, absolutely, you know, you have a, an amazingly supportive mother. Um, yeah, I know. She's awesome. So, we, um, we get to see the heist executed. And, like, top to bottom, it is so fucking good. The Imperial Commandant, that motherfucker, phew, what a character well acted like acted the shit out of that role man yeah and i gotta say absolutely this is something i want to ask you buddy when we get to it but i think this episode has one of the darkest fucking things i've seen in star wars to the point where i'm a little surprised they did it or even implied that it was done um and i'll see if you if you think the same thing happened that i think happened but we'll get to it um so yeah i mean you just get like the build-up to the actual heist and like the tension they pulled off like when they're all in their imperial gear and they're waiting for the word and like vel and Cinta are doing their fucking mission impossible stuff like Mm -hmm. i've seen a lot of people call out you know the the visual effects and the shot of the eye at the end which rightfully so it's amazing looking but there's a shot in this episode where the camera is pointed up through the water while Vel and Center are using like those little Navy SEAL underwater submarine things. And like yeah, one of the yeah. comments or pieces of debris like streaks over them. So and you can just barely see it through the water. I was really artistic and really cool. Yeah. Really good shot. Um and like the the opening scene with um Nimic and Cassian sort of going back and forth and and Nimic um you know I, I don't know man I don't know what more to say than like I don't think there was a single moment of this episode that I didn't find very impressive absolutely very impressing very compelling mm-hmm. impressive and compelling I hated when he said Nimic he's like you're gonna be fine you'll sleep after this I was like oh no Nope. The cynical, the cynic oh, in no. me is like, oh, you're dead. Yeah. The, the dude is not making it to the end of this. Hey, and um, the later when they're standing in the lineup, and he's like, you're right, I'm not tired at all. And I was like, oh, you poor sweet child. And then finding out that that the other guy was a uh, a stormtrooper. Um, uh huh. And then like Skeen says to Andor, like. We, you should have been here when Senta found out. They wiped out her entire family. Boy, right. does now, that... That's an important piece of information. That is an important... That's an important piece of information. It is. Um, because the way that comes back up later is real dark. And, and, and I'm interested to see if... if I've had a, a couple people reach out and feel the same way about the scene that we're going to be talking about. Yeah. But I think it implies something pretty dark. Pretty dark. Um, I'm I'm torn about the implication because, um, well, we can keep going and we'll, we'll circle back. Around. Yeah. So, like, we get to see him, you know, setting up the sort of communication uh, disruption, and then the other squad is sort of going into the base. We get the the scene between 
the uh what is it the the big shot imperial guy that's there to see the eye ceremony what is his the commandant or no, the engineer the of yeah i guess the engineer the um the engineer who's looking at taking over and a massive construction project in the yeah, valley in the and, sacred valley and how they're talking about like well there'll be enough of these aldani around when you guys start needing to you know man up to build dirty ass motherfuckers god yeah hate you okay guys. so the aldani high priest that old man that looked kind of like brian Crexon from red state was he the preacher from red no state? michael parks michael parks passed away unfortunately oh i'm sorry he what? resembled him i didn't slowly. know him i mean it's a I, he did kind of look like michael parks oh there's another resemblance at the end of this episode but we'll get there i'm jumping <laughs> the gun um but man, did I like um I don't know. I can't even put it into words. Like yesterday after I watched it, I was like, that was really good. And then today, like after having that first viewing where like the main anxiety sets in for that episode, and then watching the second viewing mm-hmm. and going like, oh, a lot of it hasn't gone away. Um but I was able to concentrate a little more and just sort of soak it in. It's just real good, man. Um, mm-hmm. And when they spring the fucking first, you know, steps of the uh, of the heist, like when they're all going into the base and all of a sudden they pull their guns and start holding up the commandant and his family, man man that's good it is it's really good Mm -hmm. and then um super intense yeah like the dude um the guy the imperial guy pulling the blaster and sort of insisting that they let the kid go and then he gets Uh blasted when senta and vel uh come in and then bell has that line where the commandant's like, why should we do anything you say? You're just going to kill us anyway. And she's You're like, just going to kill us anyway. And she's like, you think that because that's what you would do. Like yeah. that shit was really good. And then when he's like, that's the line that makes me think maybe Cinta doesn't mm, ice the fam. I don't know. I think she did, I buddy. Um, the, um, and maybe it's meant to be sort of, well, it's clearly meant to be a little ambiguous. Um, I think it's one of those things where they intended you to decide for yourself. Yeah. And, what um, happened? And then when she's talking, um, <coughs> when the commandant's all like, well, I can't open the vault for you. It takes some fucking techno jargon to get that done. And she's like, nah, we need your hand and we can just take that if we want. I was like, yeah. oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, and then like, uh, the the guy at the the communication station sort of discovering what's going on and alerting. Yeah, the, he's good at his base. job. Yeah, he's good man. at his position. Hmm. Hmm. Yes, he is. Yes, he is trying to tune into all those he pirate really, radio stations. He really uh, took their plan and. It made it go sideways. He he yep. sparked the thing that made it go sideways. Yep. I mean, they were already running late, and maybe this is just the Grand Theft Auto in me. But I was like, you're not going to get all the gold out of the vault. Mm-hmm. You're already running behind. You're going to leave yep. something behind. Well, and they did. If you see that, I mean, there's still some. It, they didn't oh, clear, yeah. clear out that left full in the vault. They vault. Didn't yeah. Get it all. Um, 
Yeah, and 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 so things sort of went wrong in two ways, right? So like he uh, is able to get up with the air base, and they launch the Tie Fighters. In by the way, is an amazing scene of all those Tie Fighter pilots loading loading in. I love a Tie Fighter pilot uniform. By the way, it's one of my favorite yeah. Star Wars figures, Star Wars trooper types, Tie Fighter pilots. Primo. Love the TIE Fighter pilot. It was really cool. Um, and then the guy that comes in and discovers them, you know, loading it up. And they try to convince him. Like That's the, the radio operator. Yep. He 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 marshals a group of soldiers and yep. takes them down there to the vault. And the Commandant's having what seems to be the first star, uh, heart attack in Star Wars history. As yeah, far as I can Star remember. Wars heart attack. And he then, was grabbing at his arm. Yep. And he, clutched his chest and fell over the and then shit goes south south like uh uh gorm dead he was the one where i was like yeah did he just get left behind after my first viewing but oh, no he yeah. takes a blaster bolt real quick into the yeah the right in the fiber. beginning yep. and, and he goes down so quick i don't know if they just were trying not to show the gore or his face or whatever at first i wasn't sure that it was him but if, like once you see it's the person standing in front of val which was mm-hmm. gorm like and he takes it and eats it dude he's done yeah it's real and quick. then the interesting thing is val then shoots a dude running away like he's running away and she just straight murks him in the back dude mm-hmm. and and oh we got to talk about gorm so when when the commandant discovers that gorm's in on it and he's like you'll hang for this and he goes serving under you for seven years i deserve way worse or whatever it is way worse than yeah whoa bro drop the mic whoo yeah and now he also says you know y'all were supposed this was supposed to be sealed back up you know y'all are way behind and this Mm -hmm. was supposed to be sealed back up by now so clearly he intended i guess to stay and act like he didn't know the thing was mm-hmm. or no i think he was intending to leave yeah i kind of just feel got like... caught up in the crossfire yeah and then uh the guy who was a stormtrooper dies too i can't remember his name dude um, yeah his name is the one that i flubbed wow. the most um, he got iced unfortunately yep and then and then oh nemec saved old andor's ass yeah, dude the the fight scene in the cockpit Balling, yeah, really good. Like, uh, uh, like close quarters, sort of visceral uh, combat scene that you don't really see in Star Wars a lot, right? It's blasters and mm-hmm. lightsabers and stuff, but this is like, like one of those moments where it's very personal, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and then big ups to poor Nimic getting crushed by the the credits. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. Got his damn spine crushed. He says, I can't feel my legs. Yeah. And then she hits him with what is like the yeah, she gives super him, space adrenaline. Yep. She gives him the old fucking pulp fiction to get him back up. And it's such a roller coaster because I'm like, oh, I in that moment I realized that they can't make it out of there without him. Right. That's the reason she gives him the med spike mm-hmm. is because they're dead unless he can navigate them out and through the eye. Interesting that this old tech can still work in the eye mm-hmm. and that he knows how to use it to navigate through it. Very interesting, very yep. cool. Um and dude, that's sad that he doesn't make it. It's a roller coaster there for a minute because oh. you're like 
oh, he's going to die. They're not going to make it. Oh, she gave him the med spike. Maybe he is going to make it. And like, oh, he's clearly not doing well. Maybe we have what? to find a doctor. Oh, there's a doctor. Yeah, the doctor. Just, oh, he's oh. getting operated. Maybe he's going to make it. You know. Bro. Uh, and then. the Okay. So I do want to take like just a second to pump the brakes. The, the visual effects of Cassian piloting that freighter out and the the tie fighters chasing him and getting destroyed by the eye and shit yeah was movie quality like it was incredible like one of the coolest sequences in star wars i think visually i mean of course i'm into it it looked like absolutely it looked like the encore at a tool show you know what i mean um Mm-hmm. but like the the production value that was put into that man man oh really good really really good yeah and so yeah then there's this whole back and forth between Skeen and Vel and Cassian about getting old Nimic to a doctor and they show up right and yep. it's all it's all orange forearms guy doing his thing right um, mm-hmm. it was he did he? Oh no, I know who you were going to talk about. Somebody looking, but never mind. We'll get to it. Um, and so yeah, you think okay, well they got him to the doctor. He's going to be good, right? Right. And he's doing like back surgery on him and stuff. And then, dude, the scene between Skeen and Andor, so it's good, so intense, mm-hmm. so intense. That whole time. I'm not not like I saw it coming, but as soon as the reveal of like he doesn't have a brother and oh he's like God. talking all this shit, and I in my mind I'm like, you better ice this motherfucker, shoot him in the fucking face right now, like, and then he does, like, and I'm like, oh, it surprised me. I wasn't expecting him to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, my inner monologue was like, you better kill this motherfucker right mm-hmm. now. Like, he is no good, and he will betray you if you don't say yes to his bargain. You're a dead man. Like. Dude, and so you better kill him. Yeah, first. It, when he's like, "What about your brother with the orchard?" and he goes, "I don't have a brother." It turns out brother. he made up this whole Stardew ass valley, Stardew Valley ass backstory for a brother that didn't exist. Yeah, man, motherfucker like that. And you understand Mm-mm. that he did not care about nope. saving the kid with the doctor. Nope. The whole reason he pulled for that because right. it wasn't going to take the gold to its final destination. Right. He was stalling to play for time to get it away or kill the rest of it or whatever. Like to do exactly to the, the plan he, he the, the the plan he was telling Cassian. That's what, and by the way, right, exactly. If Cassian was like, dude, that's a great idea 40 million credits cassian's dead within hours like you know what i mean this dude would have then yeah. killed cassian and taken the fucking yeah. gold took him to his abandoned moon yeah maybe they got drunk together a barrel of spice boom he would have blown him out you know brought yeah. his brains out yeah. like, right and there he'd probably he been on his fucking his star wars ipad trying to fucking you know fucking slide into dms of people you know what i mean fucking going out and getting spray tans at fucking 40 something because he thinks it makes him look cool he'd be doing stupid hollow net searches that got him busted by you know a galactic syndicate or something they'd show up at the front door how to launder 80 million republic (laughs) imperial credits yeah yeah and the fucking you know the guavian death guard show up at his what are they called? What was the what was the one from the Quavian Death Death Gang? Yeah, 
Guavian Death Gang. Guavian Death Gang, yeah. Cool yeah. design. I still up. think that's a cool fucking design. Super cool. Um, and then, uh, so, you know, Cassian kills him, goes in, and is like, listen, like, it, this is this is part, like, this is where, like, in this so really dark, ep- oh, we didn't even talk about it. Senta killed that family, buddy. We'll get back to Cassian and being him being a good dude, but Senta 100% killed that Imperial Commandant's family. Do you think so, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I know like it would be revenge, but again, then they wouldn't be above the Empire. They would be, and if, if that's the point, then they should have like there are so many other people they should have killed to ensure their success. Like they should have just killed the radio operator. They, you know, they should have. Buddy, buddy I'm telling you. Like it, it, there, there's no coincidence that once the the Cassian and them ship is taken off, she comes out of that building crying. It's because she just killed a lady and a kid. <laughs> I'm telling you this because I didn't think she was. Cry- I didn't see her crying. She was. She was crying. I double checked it today. She has tears on her face. She was crying. I'm huh. telling you the the line from Skeen early, earlier where he's like they slaughtered Senta's entire family. I think like it's Star Wars, so they're not going to show you that, right? But they sure as fuck implied it. I feel I'm very interested to hear. You don't what think other she would leave the kid alive because she was left alive? Like <sighs> no kids? I don't know. I don't know. We will never know the answer. That's hard to square. It's hard to square your rebel heroes killing kids. That's a that's a Sith thing. But this is. This is Andor. You know what I mean? No, no. I'm not. Hey, look. By the way, I'm not like, fuck yeah, kill that kid. I don't want to make that. I don't want it to seem like that. I'm just saying, I think that's what happened. I think that what's happened. I think they're showing you that like everybody that, that, that messed up stuff happens on both sides. And like just because you're fighting against the rebellion doesn't mean that you're somebody who's above like the idea of revenge or um right you know retribution well, I mean, that's right that's why half of them were there you know yeah Not yeah. Re- yeah revenge and rebellion um but i feel like i feel like it's set up this way intentionally i feel like val and Cinta are characters that are going to come back at some point later in the rebellion uh especially when there's like year time jumps after the three uh three episode arcs like what, like Sinta next season very well. yeah, yeah yeah and i think it, i think it's made to make you think maybe she ices everybody and then there'll be some reveal where she's tells you what actually happened in those moments okay it could very i mean i could be or maybe she wrong. did ice everybody but the kid you know but, well you know, see what i'm was, what i'm it was imagining just a guard and the mom right um, what I'm imagining, right? This is how I think if they ever do address it, which I don't know that they will, I think there's a chance that, you know, in a discussion about the incident on Altani, there will be a line of like, they killed an Imperial commandant and his entire family. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. That would make a very big headline. I is, And this is from, by the way, this is from someone who, somehow missed that scene with Cinta in the first time I watched it. I didn't even know. I was like, what mm-hmm. happened to her? And then watching it today. And like, as soon as I saw her, I was like, Oh, I think she killed them. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, but 
to go back to like Cassian and and Val, like I love that Cassian's like, no, I just want the cut. I, I was promised, and I want out. Like you can take, here's your jewel back. Yep, take this to your friend. You get all you know. You can take all the other money to me to him. I'm just taking what I need or what I was promised. I'm taking my cut, and I'm gonna pay you double what this junk ship is worth. Yep, to and get I'm out, out of here. here. So, like, I I like that, you know. Um, and then sort of the postscript to the episode of seeing all the different reactions, like seeing the ISB guy, like rallying everybody together. And he was like, tell your family there's nobody coming. We're not coming home until we get this taken care of. I want all these reports by midnight. Like they're, you know, all hands on deck. And then the shit basically talking about, like they're about to crush a rebellion. Like mm-hmm. that's like the their whole thing is you know we are about to develop plans anti rebellion anti insurgency plans in every sector. Yep. Um, and then uh, like seeing Mon Mothma find out during the Senate, and then Luthen is when he finds out, it's because fucking Steel tells him. <laughs> Yeah, right. Steel is just sitting in the front of his shop going, <laughs> look at this Aldani news. Got anything yeah, from Aldani? Yeah, and like the way they set it up, it was so weird watching it the first time because the way they set it up is like you don't see him. It's from off screen. You just hear somebody say, hey, you got anything from Aldani? And Luthen turns around and I was like, it's fucking Steel. Like immediately I thought it was really him. And to, to the point I paused it and I go, Ah, no, that's not steel. Um, but clearly, I found out today. I'm clearly not the only person that thought that. A lot of people thought it too. So I was on to something. I was a little worried. I had like that Brad Pitt facial blindness disease. He's real sly about his cameos, so yeah. you never know. You never know, man. Like next thing I know, I'm just I'm expecting gonna... Steel to show up in every Star Wars from here on out. Well, yeah, or any other show. Like you know what I mean. Like I'll be watching um, the next season of Cobra Kai, and Steel's gonna be you know part of the Miyagi Do dojo. I'll be like, you mother, you kidding me? They'll they'll, they'll bring Lost back for like a failed new season because those things never seem to go real well. Like when they brought heroes back. They'll try to bring Lost mm-hmm. back and steals one of the survivors, the background survivors that survives whatever whatever new boat or plane crash that brings new survivors to the island. I just I know I'm going to see that dude everywhere. I feel like we're going to be watching Mandalorian season three, and you're going to be like, "See that guy roasting the monkey lizards?" That's that's, that's steel. No, what's going to end up happening is somehow 2023 is actually going to be my year, like Steve keeps telling me. They're going to announce Book of Boba Fett season two and Steel is going to be in the scene with Boba Fett. And I'll be like, you could have told me this time, Steel. You know, I wouldn't have told anybody. You know, I keep it secret. I keep it safe. You know, like the one ring. <sighs> but real funny that that dude looked like them. Looked, looked like him. <clears throat> yeah. And then Luther went and had himself a laugh. Boy, did he have a laugh. He enjoyed himself a little moment there. That yeah. was good because he had been stressed out. And I wonder what his joy was that they had pulled off the mission or that he had put a you know a stick in the eye of the empire. 
Uh, probably a little I bit. I get a feeling Val is someone special to him, like his daughter or his niece or something. I guess we'll find out. All right, buddy. Well, you want to hear what some of uh, our friends think about this episode? Oh, yeah, I do. All right, cool. Well, let's do some voicemails. Kia D. Kia D. Kia D. Cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crash parts. Kia D. Cockhead. Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his bud. Kia D. Cockhead. To stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kia D. Cockhead. What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge. But he'll be plumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead. Alrighty, so first up, we've got our buddy King Tom. Hey there, Haas and Will. Uh, loved this week's episode of Andor. I thought it was very beautifully done. Um, that one scene with, with the eye kind of made me think of a question. You know, there really hasn't been a ton of... And this is going to sound stupid, but using space things in Star Wars. Yes, we've had a lot of space battles uh, and in, in Empire and Attack of the Clones. There were asteroid fields, uh, battles in asteroid fields. And there's that one nebula um, in at the, at the end of Empire Strikes Back. And then the red honeycomb zone in, in, in The Rise of Skywalker, which I don't know if that's a, technically a real space thing or not. But it was nice to see you know th them have something to show beautiful something beautiful to show with with the eye and use that as part of the plot but what do you think do you think it's okay and there was also one episode of rebels where they went through a nebula for a little bit but do you think uh, star wars can work in some more things like what if there's a black hole or something in a star wars episode would you be down with that i think if done right i would anyway thanks for listening i'll talk to you later Ooh, a black hole in star wars yeah I'm I'm down for any weird space stuff in Star Wars to be completely honest with you. You know? Like <clears throat> you know like in There um, was a black hole in Star Wars. <clears throat> huh? The black hole in Star Wars was in Solo. Oh yeah, right? You're right. That shit was cool. That's you know, and I was about to actually um reference that because um it was like maybe the last weird space thing we got in Star Wars, right? Like the the whole yeah. Kessel run. And buddy, I don't know why it appeals to me so much, but I love that big fucking space monster in Solo. That's just it's chilling. Cool. Yeah. It like just like I love the idea of there being like real crazy fucked up space monsters just floating around in the void. Brr, I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. 
I know, you know, that um, wasn't everybody's cup of tea, but I dug it. Well, I was going to say, like, Star Wars, I think it's difficult to walk the line between the super astronomical science-y stuff and then the mystical yeah. and hyper-technological. So, like, you know, sometimes if it gets too astrologically accurate, you lose some of the Star Wars feel to it. Right. In my opinion. No, That's I just my opinion, though. Like, you know... Um, you know, a, a big space worm and an asteroid, very Star Warsy, right? Very Star Warsy. Um, using using a black hole, super scientific, uh, but cool. I, I, very cool the way I like the way they use the black hole and the giant monster chilling out there mm-hmm. on the edge of it. Um, I'm trying to think of some other really specific astronomical stuff because I feel like there's other examples in Star Wars where it gets kind of funny. Yeah, I don't know, um, man. I, I like. I think, but this one wasn't. The I really like the meteor. The you know the seven year meteor shower. Like that's really cool, and especially the way it looked, how mystical and kind of crazy it looked. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't just look like a big comet or you know some some meteors. You know what I mean? Like it was super colorful and it was interacting with clearly probably whatever magnetic and ionosphere in that ac- in that atmosphere to make those crazy colors and stuff. Yeah. No, this one was, I mean, I, that's the thing. Like I could go, I just, uh, like now that King Tom, uh, mentioned it, I could go for some more, like, you know what I mean? Like uh planetarium, weird space shit going on. Right. Like, I don't know. But, I'm also kind of a dummy and I don't know a whole lot about that stuff. Like I try to think about it, right? Like try to think about how the universe like, is constantly expanding and how like when you look up at the yeah. sky and you see stars that like uh, there's a lot of those stars that have already burned out because of how long it takes light to get to light. earth. Like I, I yeah. like and my head starts hurting and I bleed out the nose a little bit like I'm 11. <clears throat> but yeah, it's so some of it's so hard for me to grasp because I'm dumb. Okay, and in like the Force Awakens, you know, collapsing a star to get the energy from it, very cool, and then shooting that energy, I guess, through hyperspace across a star system. Like then you're getting into the like the astronomical stuff. Where you're like, how does that work? Well, you don't have to. You don't it have to know how it works. It's Star Wars. Star Wars. It works. But the same yeah, way right? a big beach ball in space can shoot a laser at a planet and blow it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's the stuff. But like, take the 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 real stuff, the 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 theoretical stuff, and mix it in with a little bit of that Star Wars magic, and I think that's where you hit the sweet spot. Like a black yeah. hole yeah. that's Here's got like a fucking Cthulhu creature hanging out near. You know what exactly. I mean? Yeah. Exactly. All right. Next up, we got a voicemail from Mister One Hundred, Kobe. Kobe. Hey, awesome Will, it's your boy Kobe, a.k.a. Mr. 100. How is it hanging? Hopefully it is hanging clean. You know the drill. I don't assume it's hanging clean. So, um, This question is not entirely and or related this week. Sorry if that kind of messes with the groove of things. Um, but I just, I've had this on my mind, and I really just want to know what you guys think. Um, so I've been a, uh, a supporter and, and a person of the mindset that kind of similar to 
uh, Kenobi, there's another Star Wars project that is kind of a can't miss uh, project. I just I think everybody would love it. I just cannot see it failing. Um, and that would be a young Palpatine show. Now that's not a very original thought. That's you know that's been pondered over from time and time again. And we got those great books and everything. But I just really think a show or movie would just be so perfect for a young Palpatine, right? And here's kind of where I'm going with it. We know that Palpatine is one of the most like complex and in a lot of ways sort of nuanced character, or at least it has that a potential to be written very nuanced. Um, especially if you're going back into his early years where maybe he wasn't completely evil his whole life. Maybe he kind of got pushed that way, or maybe he has really just been truly always evil, whatever. Uh, I feel like there could be a lot of nuance there. It would be very interesting as a show centered around him. Um, but we all, we know that with some characters in Star Wars, especially ones that are just great, great characters, it takes a certain special someone uh, and that be looks, that be attitude, that be just acting prowess. That's everything built into an actor, oh, no, everything built into the character. I think someone. you'd have to find the perfect person, um, a la a Harrison Ford playing Han Solo, a um, Natalie Portman playing Padme. They just built for the role, right? Um, and I'm I'm going to give you a little bit of a backstory here. What brought this into into my mind? Um, I've been watching Lost. Uh-oh. Very, very slowly for the last, like, year or so. Uh-huh. Been watching it with my fiance. It's one uh-huh. of those things where, like, she wants to go to bed at 9 o'clock every night. So we've just been trudging along at a snail's pace. Just been struggling to finish. But we're so close. We're almost done. We're, like, 10 episodes away from the ending. Super, super high on Lost right now. Super juiced to, to wrap it up and have the whole story. Uh-huh. Yada, yada, yada. Uh-huh. Anyway, I'm watching the show, right? And there's this... And he's, he is one of my favorite characters, just... Uh, as far as the show goes, but there's one actor that just stands out to me that when I look at him, I can't stop seeing Palpatine. And that is the one and only Benjamin Linus, Michael Emerson himself. Every time I see him, I'm like, put some contacts in that guy, lose the glasses, maybe toy around with the hair a little bit. I don't know. Get that guy in the Sheev Palpatine role, in my opinion. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Let me know your thoughts. I mean, obviously, it probably will be a little bit of bias for Hawes because, you know, Big lost guy, right? But yeah. um, what do you guys think about that? Oh. Uh, as always, you guys are the best. Andor's kicking ass. Star Wars is good right now. Let's just soak in it. All right. Have a good one, guys. Peace out. My goodness. Look at Kobe sneaking in the lost reference. Did you hear it? Like, he started, and then, boom, he just dropped it. The problem this is, look, and I love Michael Emerson, and having Michael Emerson in Star Wars would be amazing. He is, you know, my number one's Terry O'Quinn, right? Right. Right. Terry O'Quinn's my number one. Um, and but Michael Emerson is pretty high up there. Uh just an incredible character. The character of Benjamin Linus Linus and Lost is incredible. This is the thing though. Michael Emerson is almost 70. I don't f- like he's a little long in the tooth for uh, a young Palpatine, right? So, yeah, yeah. it probably wouldn't really I will work. give it to him. He could do it. The man has got the chops and he could, could do it. But, the, I, but if I were doing young Palpatine, yeah. I would go for like a middle aged British Shakespearean actor. Okay. Just, mm-hmm. you know, someone who has got the voice, the tone, the chops, you know, like Ian McDermott. 
does. And the th- honestly, though, like I need Palpatine to stay dead for a while. Like I would be okay if this didn't happen for a while. But uh, I would. I mean, I want Ian McDermott involved. So like sooner rather than later. Right. In that case, unfortunately. And and like I, Michael Emerson would make such an amazing character in Star Wars. Like I could, I feel like you could give him just about any role, right? He wouldn't have to be, like, you know, because he played both guy. roles in Lost. You saw mm-hmm. he could mm-hmm. be wise, um, kind of mentor, and he could also be villain, Sneaky. you know, insidious, two faced villain. So he, he showcased both. A capacity within Lost itself, and like as far as who I would cast as like a young Palpatine, I don't know. I'm terrible at these kind of exercises, right? Um, like I have people I'd like to see in Star Wars, but don't have like certain people I'd like to see play such and such role. Um, I don't know. The guy that does Alfred in the in the what is it the age, the Pennyworth, he kind of looks like a young Palpatine. Oh, I, and I don't know about that. his enunciation yeah i haven't seen that one bit <laughs> i only see it scrolling past it i, I haven't see. seen the show if said, I'm being see? honest see? um all right let's uh hear from carlo good evening hawes and will uh it's carlo it's been a long time since i left you a voice message uh but believe me i have listened to nearly every single episode uh since i last reached out to you guys Appreciate the content as always. Andor episode six. Man, what a phenomenal episode. My question for you all today is this. In episode one, Cassian is presented with a very difficult choice after accidentally killing the security officer. He has then has to choose, do I let the other officer live and risk him identifying me or do I kill him? He, of course, chooses option two. And now in episode six, we have a group of hostages that could all potentially identify any one of the heist members. Cinta is left with them. <laughs> Buddy, I'm here with you. We know what's coming. Before Vel and Cinta depart and split part ways, Vel asks Cinta, tell me you're going to be okay. Cinta says, I'll be fine. And I think there in that moment, yes, they're worried about each other's lives, possibly being in danger, but I believe the show kept their part of the plan under wraps um, both for the surprise to the audience but also because Cinta is there guarding these hostages and being put in a similar position to Cassian was he how Cassian was in episode one do you think it's possible yes. that Cinta yep. had to do something to those hostages mm-hmm. at the end of the episode she's shown walking down down the hill um, to presumably to be with the Aldani people, uh, blend right in as an officer, or possibly blend back in with the Aldani people. And she seems very emotional in the moment. It could be that she's worried about Vel, about whether they made it or not. 
uh, the, the toll that the, the mission took on her emotionally, or is it possible? Oh my goodness. I didn't mean to cut you off, Carlo. I'm sorry, buddy. Buddy, we talked, you heard it. Me and Will debated it. I think she probably killed him. Will, he's not as sure. I'm not as convinced. It run it, is she, isn't she all Donnie? And isn't the opening of the eye to find the goodness in you? Like, isn't it? But it they runs killed her whole family. She's got I motive. Know, I know. I know. Bro. <laughs> She's fallen to the dark side, if that's the case. Buddy, I, that's the thing, right? That's the thing about this kind of storytelling uh, in Star Wars is it is not necessarily as cut and dry as dark side and light side, which Star Wars, you know, normally... I- you know, I know. I'm just saying clearly like, this is, these are precedents that are being defined, I guess, currently uh, at the moment. Well, okay. Hang out with me for a second, right? Get comfy. Yeah. Think about the opening of rogue one. When, uh, Cassian meets his informant and his informants got a bad leg. This is a guy who is in the rebellion, by the way, right? Mm-hmm. This is a fellow member of the rebellion, a guy that's helping Cassian out who he clearly knows. And the guy is like, oh, I don't think I can make it. And Cassian kills him, right? Mm-hmm. That is... I thought he was an informant. Well, either... I didn't think either, he was like a rebellion equal. I thought he was just like a criminal informant. Either way... Either way, you know, he killed a guy. <laughs> he killed true, a guy who true, was not trying right, to kill him. Precedent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is going yeah. to explore some more gray areas in uh star wars and what you might we even me included might be used to that's why if that is what they were implying i still can't kind of believe that they did it like that's surprising to me that's where i'm at like i that's why i still feel like i feel like this intentional misdirection like i feel like they're gonna reveal to me either next season or you know whatever that what I think happened didn't actually isn't actually what happened. Yeah, that or it was just at some <laughs> point we're going to get a shot at Aldani, and there's going to be three tombstones, and one of them's going to be a little smaller than the other to indicate that it was a kid. And I'm going to say, oh, got him. Yeah. Or the next episode ends up with Mon Mothma showing up to like cuss out Luthen for like killing his old, killed killing the kid. commandant's entire family. <sighs> Oh, you know what I just thought? So we're we're halfway through. We still got a a damn uh 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 Saul Guerrero appearance to look forward to. I forgot he's gonna show That's up true. in this season sometime. All right, we got a uh voicemail from Josh. Hello there, Haas and Will. This is your internet pal Josh Wright. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh loving the podcast. Um also still loving Andor. Uh Episodes four and five um, were a little slow, a lot of setup, but man, another great payoff, uh, just like in episode three. Um, I'm really looking forward to this next story arc, um, which I presume will be another three episode arc, or maybe they'll just go with a longer one, or a long one and a short one, or who knows. Anyway, um, whew, so many things to talk about in that episode. Again, just so good. Uh, one scene that stood out to me uh, that I wanted to ask you guys about, uh, see what your take on it was, uh, was a scene where Skeen, I believe, 
that's his name. I'm having trouble with the names too. Skeen and Andor were uh, talking. Um, and he, and Skeen proposes uh, that they split the money and split. Um, <clears throat> why do you think um, Cassie and Andor shoots him? Um, I had a couple thoughts. It's either because he's mad that he's betrayed the group um, or he's thinking a couple steps ahead. Like uh, maybe Cassie is thinking that when they get to this moon with nobody home, uh, Skeen is just going to shoot Andor and take all the money. Um, <clears throat> either of those seem kind of plausible to me. What do you guys think was going on there? Um, I'd be interested to hear your take on that. Anyway, uh, love the podcast. Love how you keep it clean. And uh, have a nice week. And may the force be with you. Man, you know what it is? I think it's kind of a combination to, of, of, of all of those, to be honest. I think he was like, well, uh, all righty. Um, this guy can't be trusted. He's trying to fuck over the group. He lied to me about his Harvest Moon brother. I'm going to kill him. Um, and, and frankly, he might even be thinking like, well... Okay, so let's... like In his mind, he's thinking, oh, well, if I don't kill him, then me and Vel... And Nimic, because he's probably hoping Nimic is going to be okay, load up into the ship. What's to say he's not going to kill us? You know, like this guy can't be trusted at this point. Um, he, the, okay. The one thing he is right about is they're both from harsh circumstances and they both mm -hmm. know crawling over somebody to mm -hmm. stay alive. And that is exactly what Andor did. Um, but I, it goes, I think there are two things working on here. Uh, Cassian is pissed. He's pissed that this dude played him, played his emotions first off, like because Cassian kind of does believe in the message. This dude quite clearly doesn't. Cassian yeah. likes to come off like he doesn't give a shit. Mm -hmm. He likes to act like he's here for the money. But we all of us know Cassian goes in all in on the rebellion and deep down inside, yeah. you know, he's got a moral compass and shit. Um, so first off, he's pissed that this dude played him. And then second of all, he knows he was ready to leave Val and Nimic. If the only response acceptable to Skeen is like, fuck yeah, I'll pilot this freighter wherever you want. We'll split this money. If that is not your response, you're dead. He's about to kill you and take this money. Like he just, mm -hmm. you know, Skeen revealed his hand. Like Skeen showed his hand, which means you either side with him or you die. Like that's, that's what I think Cassian's thinking. That's what I would be thinking. That's why I would shoot first. Because this dude basically, I mean, he's trying to get me on his side, but he basically, he showed his hand. Like, I can see through you. Like, you value no one or nothing. And as soon as I have no value to you, you're going to kill me once right. I get this freighter full of money wherever I want. You know, so might as well protect myself by killing you first. Well. It forced his hand. And it also seems like this is a situation of and or, or Cassian trusting his gut about the situation, right? Where he's like. Right. And trust me, I, I get it. And I get it, Cassian. There have been times when I thought, oh, I think this person might be a piece of shit. And then I like tamped it down. I was like, uh, probably not. I'm just being crazy. And then it turned out they were a massive piece of shit. So uh, maybe we should approach that. Well, look, hold up. Mm, let me pump the brakes. Not saying you should shoot anybody. 
Yeah. You know, we, <laughs> that's we what don't I'm saying. Condone I'm saying, I'm saying the not ceremonial. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, the metaphorical. metaphorical shot with a blaster. You know what I mean? Shoot them yeah. out of your life like shooting a blaster. And no new friends. No I, new friends. I wouldn't say no new friends. But that's what you tell to the people you don't want around you. Uh, you don't yeah. have to be. No or I could just, but... well, trust me, I got way more to say than that. So let's hear an email from our buddy Dave. Salutations, Slimos. To date, my favorite of the Disney shows is probably season one of Mando. But I think the Andor is primed to take the top spot. Everyone calls it a slow burn, but what I think I like the most is the subtlety. I watch with my wife, and occasionally we will pause and discuss a scene because the meaning is not immediately obvious. I love that. I recognize it's a little odd that the first two episodes of each of these three-episode arcs seem to end in a way that isn't necessarily satisfying, but I'm okay with it. It's just not the norm in the age of the binge model. As much as I'm loving Andor, it's not something I'm watching with my 11-year-old daughter. It's not that I think the material is too dark or inappropriate. I just don't think the way the story is being slowly unraveled is enough to keep her interest, and I don't want to turn her off from Star Wars. She has, however, watched Mando, Obi-Wan, and Boba with the family. My point in all of this is that when people say that they want more shows like Andor or more shows like Mando, I think it's important to not pick a side. Star Wars needs both of these styles and more styles outside of these as well. It's a big universe and the breadth of storytelling should reflect that. Dave in South Florida. P.S. I really enjoy segments with Mom and Burkhart. That woman is a treasure. You hear that, Mom? That's from Dave. And I agree with Dave. Diversification, Dave. The best portfolios are diversified. Diversify your bonds. Yes, exactly. Right? Like, I I 100% agree with Dave. The more variety, the better. This is not like, if my dad showed me Andor when I was four years old instead of A New Hope, who knows what the course of my Star Wars fandom would have been because I don't know that I would have been into it, you know? Mm -hmm. I could see this one being really hard for the younger kids to watch and just, you know, but there's some variety mm-hmm. and that's perfect. All right. Next up, we got an email from Trey. Hey, Halls and Will, it's your pal Trey. I was in complete awe of this week's Andor episode. There's so much to talk about, but there's one thing that is really sticking with me. When the crew are escaping on the Rono and Cassian is trying to get them to give him navigation, Nimic tells him to climb. As soon as he said it the first time, I was kind of like, Hey, K2 told him to climb in Rogue One as well. Then Nemec repeats himself, but this time yells, climb. It it sounds exactly the same as when K2 repeats himself, telling Cassian and Jen to climb the vault data tree. I ended up watching both scenes back to back, and it sounded very similar, at least in my opinion. It hit me super hard and made me wonder if when Cassian heard K2 tell him to climb, it caused him to hesitate to not caused him to not hesitate because Nimic told him to climb as well. Am I reaching? Did y'all or anyone else think the same when you heard it? Thanks for the awesome podcast, you guys. Keep flying casual, my dudes. Keep your distance, but I don't look like you're trying to keep your distance. I did not realize that until you brought it up. So, But I, I do like the parallel, and I'm wondering if the show makers intended that on purpose or if it was a happy accident so i'll say this i've seen some people comparing it on twitter 
it's pretty fucking close. I think it was somewhat intentional, at least. It seems so close that it would be hard for it not to be. Um, right. But uh, also, like Will, not something I noticed on the first watch through. Then, you know, after I finally got to watch it, I, you know, looked at social media for the first time in the day because I was trying to stay unspoiled. And I saw people like posting the two clips side by side. And I was like, I'll be damned. And sure enough, watching it again, I see what people are talking about. I certainly My do. intention was to watch Rogue One after I finish this season. Um, but I, I, I'm rusty. You know, yeah. I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, I I I rewatched Rogue One last year. Was probably the last time I watched it. Um, but I was I was kind of waiting for Andor to be done as well to watch it, and then Man. like next year or whenever. I don't think Diego Luna. I think and it'll Felicity be Felicity Jones are so good in that movie. They are. Um, I think it won't be probably till twenty twenty four that we get the second season of Andor. Um, mm-hmm. then my plan is once that's all out, watch Andor through and then right. finish up with rogue one. That's going to be the real yeah. treat. Yeah. That's <sighs> the, that would, that'll be what I'm really waiting for. But all right. I feel like I want to watch it after this season. Just to remind myself next up of what, what all happened to Cassian next up. We got Utah, 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 Dougie, Dougie. He says, why don't we just have a damn-ass Blue Harvest Con meeting in Birmingham? And secondly, can we see if Mama Burkhart will do a Stranger Things review? Dougie. Well, Dougie, uh, you probably heard it at the beginning. My mom's going to start watching Stranger Things, so that's definitely in the future. And as far as a Blue Harvest Con meeting in Birmingham, buddy, I don't know that we could get enough people to fill a VFW hall to come to that. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, uh, you know, it might be a, 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 a low-key dinner at a nice restaurant <laughs> with a, a handful of friends. <laughs> I don't know about a con. I could buy out a, a banquet room at a Holiday Inn or something. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And it's just me with a Bluetooth speaker fucking acting weird. and Swedish meatballs. <laughs> acting weird and playing um, Tool on my Bluetooth speaker and being like, hey, guys. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I rented out the hall. You got to listen to what I want to listen to. And speaking of, <laughs> of Swedish meatballs. singing Tenacious D karaoke. Speaking of Swedish meatballs, I wonder if old Oliver in Sweden still listens. You remember? Oh, yeah. You remember how excited we were? Was he I know. the catfish? He, he catfish was not. Oliver? No, he was not. He was really from Sweden. No, he wasn't a catfish. <laughs> I don't know why. That's just what I remember. And well, now we got fucking intercontinental Tom, and he's you know he's sometimes he's in Sweden, sometimes he's in Japan. The man travels, but that first mm-hmm. time, that first email from Oliver in Sweden, I was like, "Fucking a, we made it! Fuck yeah!" And we haven't heard from him in years. He, I, I'm hoping what has not happened is, you know, Oliver from Sweden went to see the Last Jedi and then fucking made a fucking hateful reddit account if you're still listening <laughs> oliver i know deep down that's not what happened but if it did shame on you you should you should have been better <laughs> all right so we got one more email and this is from sam howdy halls and will was that guy peeing during the part of the last episode when vel and her lady friend were hiding in the rocks just wondered Most if definitely. i was the only one who thought that keep it short and hopefully this didn't cross any boundaries on the show that has none <laughs> anyways fellas oh. keep it up and have a great week best wishes Sam. 
absolutely he was peeing. He was 100%. You can hear the hot stream. And I just, like, I know Ben Burt. I don't think Ben Burt really does much at, uh, like, Skywalker Sound. But I just imagine, like, them bringing the footage in. And so they're like, okay, okay, cool. TIE Fighters, all right, we well, you know, we've got those in the computer. Um, Blasters, cool, cool. Oh, Oh, so we need some sort of, like, tribal singing. All right, well, yeah, we can make that. I'll be damned. I got to find a pissing sound. Piss stream. Does anybody have a piss stream sound? Oh my God. Somebody get me a bucket. I got to record a piss stream sound. You got a pitcher? Anybody have a pitcher? Might I add that homeboy in his Imperial uniform took a piss in the grass, didn't wipe his hands off, didn't wash his hands. You know who doesn't keep it clean? The goddamn Empire. Yeah, right. Bunch of dirty dick assholes, the Empire. Man, maybe got hypoallergenic underwear under there. I doubt it. Yeah, there's no underwear in space. You know we what? Know there this. is something about Star Wars that's mm. kind of dirty, unless you're on Coruscant. Well, yeah, Coruscant that's, and that's Naboo the, are like the, the only lived two in universe. Planets. That's it's all lived yeah. in. You gotta gotta gotta. Yeah, but it's like super high tech fu- mm-hmm. you know, future where mm-hmm. people smell like ass from herding goats all the damn time. Man. But yeah, was that the first? Because I look, peace and love. We know there's been a little doo doo feces in Star Wars before Phantom Menace. But was that the first pee in Star Wars? Mm. Did we knock two off the bingo card? Heart attack and pee. Heart drip, drip, and drip. Pee on you. Um, I'm trying to. There's got to have been another urination in. I can't think of one. Somebody pees on one of the droids, doesn't he? Well, no. So R2-D2 doesn't pee, but he shoots like oil or something, right? In Revenge of the Yeah, Sith. he does that. But it's not actual pee. Like R2-D2 doesn't have a bladder and kidneys. He's like, you know. Whatever. Doesn't a robo pee. pee on the droid in, in Andor? Doesn't some pee on the droid oh, in Andor? Oh, you're and he right. In the very first episode, a dog pisses on B2 Emo. You're right, Will. Two. I remember a droid getting peed on. And you're one hundred percent right. You're one hundred percent right. Maybe that was the first piss in Star Wars. Andor's really pushing the limits. Yeah, it is. Like, you know, remember back in twenty fifteen when everybody was all up in arms because you saw a half a boar's butthole in The Force <laughs> Awakens? You know what I'm talking about? That big-ass animal that uh, Finn goes and drinks the water no. out of his bowl, and like there is a expertly cr- uh, fucking sculpted and crafted creature butthole on that, mm-hmm. that thing. And now look at us. Look at us seven years later, and we're listening to dudes take pisses. <coughs> That's why that that is the content you guys stick around towards the end for right the pee pee and the poo poo god help us that's all. how you know we're grown-ups mm-hmm. well i uh i think that does it for us this week buddy thanks for recording with me dude thanks for recording with me what a great episode of andor i'm about to go fucking take out some kids in Fortnite like i'm senta oh dude pew, pew. um hey guys listen uh, leave us a five star review if you haven't already. It really helps us out. Uh, what do I? What else do I normally say here? 
Um, oh, if you like our theme song, please listen to the band that was kind enough to provide their music. They're Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Check out me and our buddy Steve on the High Potion Podcast talking about video games. We'll see you next week when we start uh, the first episode of the second half of Andor or something. I think Tales of the Jedi is next week, too. Ooh. Mm Mm-hmm. That's going to be good. Yeah. So we'll have a lot to talk about. Well, anyways, guys, thanks for hanging out. And uh, until then, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Wood. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us.